Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tree City Sports Podcast. I am your host, as usual, Andrew Baker, here with my co-host, as usual, Graham Moen. We are here. Thank you so much for joining us. We do have to come back with some NFL coverage. Now, obviously, we will still be covering the NBA, but we have to at least go over a little bit about the Browns-Patriots game last week. We suck again. Yeah. Oh, no, we suck again. So the Browns are 2-5, and which was... Coming into the season, not some not somewhere that we or most people envisioned this team being. I think after that week one loss to Titans, it was kind of like, oh shit, this schedule's pretty tough early. Mm-hmm. And they have failed over and over again. And they failed this week against the Patriots, which is sad because the team actually played relatively valiantly, but they had several just completely dumbass plays and a lot of penalties, and they still aren't well coached. And you know, you're just not going to beat the Patriots unless you play a really, really good game. They did not do that. Specifically, the offense has had a lot of bad penalties because Andrew was telling me, asking me before the podcast even started, you know, how many uh, false starts do you think the Browns had? And I was like, oh, you know, probably like three or four. No, it's six. They had six false starts in a, a game. I it, Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if the Patriots don't have that many in a season. Um, that's, I don't think that's exaggerating. I don't think you're exaggerating because it's honestly pretty, pretty abysmal at this point. The fact that the Browns literally are just constantly having false start penalties. And every time they have any type of good play, like many years in the past with the Browns, anytime there was a good play, it's always holding or it's a false start or offensive pass interference. So that's always. And then when, on the plays where there's not a penalty, players are not, our playmakers are not creating anything for us. So it's been really frustrating. And on top of that, we had maybe one of the most hilarious stretches of three plays I've ever seen watching a Browns game (sighs) with three count it three turnovers in three straight plays. Is that possible? Why? Yes, it is. As you're as a Cleveland Browns fan, we would know. And it's just, and the stretch was just great. It's, it's, the offensive lineman kicking the ball out of the running back's hands. I know. It's the running back running for 60 yards and you thinking, oh, the Browns have a chance, and then losing the ball at the end. And then it's some stupid like flip play where you just flip the ball underhand to the defensive lineman. And it's just the type of stuff that you're watching this Browns team and you're like, okay, what year is this? Because I thought that 2018 for the Browns was supposed to be different. I didn't it's think not. we were watching the 2017 Browns. Yeah, it's it's seriously. I mean, it's like it's a Sean Kaiser back there at quarterback. I mean, it, he might as well be, you know. And no disrespect to him, but like, well, wherever no, I'm, you, I'm wherever you are, Deshaun, him, yeah. very much disrespect. You were terrible. Except you should have one NFL win, but Corey Coleman robbed you of that, and I will never forgive him for that, <laughs> and you shouldn't either. But anyways, it's it's you know. It's just hard to see where things are coming from because, like, that play, like, a lot of those plays, that play specifically where Baker basically threw the ball, that's one of those plays that the Browns have run a lot this year where they try to have some misdirection where they have some wide receivers coming from both directions and they try to toss it and, and try to get the team to bite one angle and they literally just threw it directly to the defensive lineman that was coming in to make the play. Like, it, I don't know if any of you have seen the movie Waterboy. But there is that great clip in Waterboy of where um, Bobby Boucher, the lead character, basically just throws the ball to the other team. That's basically what Baker did on that play. He literally just threw the ball to the defensive lineman. And again, the defense several times this year as the Browns keep turning the ball over game after game after game, they just keep giving the other team short fields. And especially last week against the Patriots, if you give them a short field, 
it doesn't matter how inconsistent their offense may have been coming up this year. They're still going to have issues when it comes to that. And it's really just so frustrating to watch the Browns when it comes to those type of games. Yeah. And it's just, again, you know, you're watching the Browns and not once have I watched a game where I thought the Browns don't have the talent to compete in this game. I I haven't seen a game that happened that yet. And I think I will say this coming into the season that we said the offensive line would be a concern. And I think that you and I, to some degree and other people to an even larger degree, kind of forget how an offensive line can either cover up for a really average team. Like right now, the San Francisco 49ers are undefeated. And a lot of that is because of their defense. But their offense has been really solid because of scheme and a good offensive line. And those two things are related, of course. And sure. they don't have good receivers. They don't. Jimmy Garoppolo is not really a good quarterback. Yep. Their running game is solid, but it's mostly because of the blocking. And mm-hmm. you look at a team like the Niners, and they're – a really, really good team this year, basically just because of their offensive line. And like I said, their defense is good too. But, you know, I think that we kind of underrated the impact that an offensive line can have because quite frankly, it's the most important position group for an offense, you know, other than maybe quarterback. Sure. I mean, I think, I think if you're going to pick a team to start with a great offensive line or great skill positions, you're going to go skill offensive line every time. And I also think we underrated just how much worse this line would be than last year. Because this line only lost one starter from last year, and yet it's not been good. But also, again, like Baker has made a lot of bad plays that had nothing to do with the offensive line. Like this year, when he gets two and a half seconds or more, which means basically when he's got plenty of time, he has two touchdowns and five picks. And that's not the offensive line's fault. And it's this circle of, you know, you could blame... Freddie Kitchens, because let's face it, he's done a lot of dumb things. He keeps challenging when he clearly has no chance to win a challenge. And there was another great play on Sunday. And this time, he didn't go for on 4th and 11, sent the punt unit out. Sure. Took an intentional five-yard penalty, and then went for it on 4th and 16. And there's just not even any explanation for what the fuck you could possibly be thinking on that. (laughs) And it just makes no sense, you know? And... Also, the Browns are playing three wide receivers like constantly, despite the fact that every statistic shows they are far more successful when they run two tight ends. They just won't run. And I know they have injuries at tight end, but, you know, and it's just you can blame John Dorsey for getting all this talent and for getting the offensive line. And, and, and you could blame, you know, the defensive coaching staff for not playing Jannard Avery, who was really solid last year as a pass rusher and just got traded for like a fourth round pick, which – you know, you drafted the guy in the fifth round last year. I think it's pretty good work to get a fourth round pick for him this year. Yeah. But the Browns pass rush hasn't really been very good aside from Miles Garrett this year. Yeah. And Vernon had a good game this week, but he hasn't really been he a has- pass rushing presence. He's been mm-hmm. a solid player, but he hasn't really been a pass rushing presence. Right. And I think Jannard Avery, I, you know, and they asked Steve Wilkes. He's basically like, like, that's not my job. Like, I would play him if he was active or whatever. And he was active this week and he didn't play. And, you know, at a certain point. We can sit here and blame Baker Mayfield, who is also bitching at the media, by the way, and going on Twitter to defend himself. And it just it's like, whatever, man, just win some games. And yeah. you can blame the offensive line and you can, you know, blame you can blame everybody. And right now the Browns suck. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> they have been the biggest disappointment in the NFL. And their schedule is but yet their schedule is still really easy. And. Like, I expect them to win this week, for example, you know? Yeah. I mean, the Browns, I mean, Baker Mayfield, 
and this was going into the season, we, people knew that if the Browns got out to a slow start coming up, there was going to be a lot of scrutiny because this team did bring it on themselves with the way they were talking in the offseason and the way this team was hyped up with the additions of Odell Beckham and adding in players like uh, Olivier Vernon and a Sheldon Richardson, who, by the way, has been pretty much invisible most weeks and has looked like a player that maybe is, has wasn't worth the contract that we paid him. That doesn't shock a lot of people, by the way. I mean, Sheldon Richardson had played well for multiple years on one-year deals, and maybe it was something that that was what helped motivate him, or maybe he's just ha- not playing as well as he used to, and maybe he's just starting to decline, which at age 28, you hope he's not, because the Browns have two years guaranteed on his contract that he's going to be here next year, no matter what. The Browns can't get rid of him. He's owed money, and that would be way too much dead money on the Browns' cap when coming up they're going to have to pay several players. Well, and that's the thing too, Graham, is it, you know, you and I and, you know, sports talk radio has had this discussion 10,000 times. You know, it's Baker's fault. It's Freddie's fault. It's John Dorsey's fault. The mm-hmm. team's losing. And I don't think that you and I care to sit here and have another half an hour conversation about that in particular. Right. Um, but you're talking about Sheldon Richardson. You know, he is owed some money next year. And you're right. They kind of have to keep him around because you're looking going forward. This roster has more holes than we thought it did. Mm-hmm. And, and going forward, I mean, you've got the quarterback, you've got the running back, you've got the receivers, but the offensive line's going to need, I would argue, three starters next year. I think a massive Minimum overall. two. Yeah. Minimum two starters on the offensive line next year. And you're going to need another defensive lineman because, you know, like you said, Richardson hasn't done much. And Devereaux Lawrence, who had a great preseason, hasn't really made an impact. And once again, that just shows the preseason's not real NFL football. It is and it isn't. Yeah. And... You know, Ogunjobi hasn't really been the impact player he was last year. I mean, look, the Browns' run defense is not good. No. And the Browns are paying their defensive line a lot of money to be better than they have been. And, you know, I, it's just odd. You know, they still have a great secondary, or they should. I mean, Demarius Randall, I think, is probably gone at this point because he just can't play. And I don't think you're going to play pay a safety $12 million a year who can't stay on the field. Right. So you're looking at holes for next year, and I, you know we're not going to have a whole draft conversation right now, but I think if you're going into next year, the recipe is, number one, first and foremost, above all else, fix the offensive line. Yeah. And that's two or three starters. And you have... Probably the tackles, especially. Tackles and right guard. And you've got, you know, what? You've got your draft picks, and you've got still... I, the Browns have some free agency money, but it's not going to be much because you're going to have to start paying these young players. So... I think this is what John Dorsey is good at is finding guys in the draft that are good, useful players that aren't necessarily, you know, first round picks or whatever. But the conversation for right now is we know who's to blame. Everyone's to blame to some degree. Yeah. Like Baker has regressed. How much of that is his fault? How much of that is the offensive line? How much is that is the coaching is kind of up in the air. I think it's a combination. How does it get fixed right now? I mean, if you're, the supreme overlord of the Browns. What's your strategy for the rest of the season beyond, oh, hey, we play bad teams now. You know what I mean? You got to simplify things. I think it's just that simple because I don't know with all these. Now, granted, part of what got Freddie his job was his creativeness with his play calling and the ability to do these different things, but they need to be more simple. And by simple, I don't mean running the same personnel multiple all the time like they have been running 11 personnel, which is the three wide receiver sets that they have had. You have to just have more simple concepts and just get down back to the basics because right now this team is clearly not properly coached and are not disciplined enough to have things happen. 
because they had this entire rough preseason training camp and for everyone was talking about how tough this training camp was and how good it was and the culture change and everything. And then we get into the game week one. It's the same crap we've been dealing with for years. Penalties, penalties, more penalties. Oh, a good play penalty. Oh, someone kick in the face ejection, like all these things that are happening throughout the year. And every time there is something good happening there, the Browns always seem to beat themselves or bring themselves back to earth. It's the reason last year, why even despite the Browns strong finish, they didn't have a chance to make the playoffs because they blew games to in close situations to teams like the Raiders and the Buccaneers who last year were terrible teams. So I don't, if you're going to keep doing that year after year and you're not going to be disciplined and you're going to keep beating yourself, I don't care how talented you are. The most, the teams that win in the NFL are the teams that yes, talent is part of it, but you have to be disciplined. And the teams that have beaten the Browns this year have all had discipline in their program. And we have faced teams that have had continuity for years. So they know what to expect and they know their system. Maybe it's something as simple as the Browns didn't practice together pretty much until the week before the season started. And now they're having injuries and they're still dealing with the aftermath of basically not the entire team being together and being on the same page. And, uh, and then part of that's also the hard schedule, but at the same time, like Andrew said, plenty of times, the Browns are talented enough to roll with any of these teams and they just are not disciplined enough. They're trying to do too many things and Baker's trying to do too many things and trying to be a hero all the time instead of just, letting the game come to them, work through it, sustain drives. Because the one complete game they had this year, they did that against the Ravens, where they were able to sustain drives, run the ball, get good play action, and also be able to let that defense rush the passer, which they did. I think the number one problem in general has been the lack of ability to throw the ball down the field. You're right. I mean, last year, Baker Mayfield was like truly special in throwing the ball down the field deep. I mean, Brashad Perryman's gone, but... Like I didn't think that Brashad Perryman was that good, and I and I think early, he's also known to Joku. I think early on they got scared by the offensive line, mm-hmm. but they have not recovered. And you know, you bring Todd Munkin in to help with your offense, who's like a three wide receiver, throw the ball down the field specialist. That's a, that's what his yeah. offense is. His offense is deep route concepts, and I think to some degree the Browns have just completely abandoned that because they don't trust the offensive line. But also, I think that we're sh- we're seeing just how much Freddie Kitchens and Todd Munkin think differently on offense. And I think that what we're getting is some congealed system of, well, we're going to mostly run kind of Freddie Kitchens-type plays and have some trick plays and quick passes, but we're going to do it from three wide receiver sets. And clearly, I, it's not working. And I don't know... You know, it look, Freddie Kitchens has been a head coach for seven games, and Todd Munkin has been his offensive coordinator for seven games. And I don't know what you're going to accomplish by firing someone right now. And, and I'm in season. And I thought that when Freddie Kitchens got hired as head coach, I'm thinking like, okay, it's got to be like two seasons minimum, just considering his relationship with Baker and how good the offensive – offense looked last year it, it, and I I think coming into the year I would, would have been shocked if I'm not even at mid-season I'm thinking like I just don't see a path for this guy to stay as the head coach I mean right now do you see a realistic path over these next nine games for Freddie Kitchens to save his job I mean it start I think the realistic path would be this offense would have to to a complete 180 and I don't know if that is realistic. I mean, I they have the talent and Odell Beckham in the press conference 
um, today when we're recording this on Thursday, um, this Thursday week, we did see that, you know, he was talking about they, once they get on the same page, they should be okay. But because of the talent they have, but it's like you were mentioning before, they're running these mishmashed of concepts between Munkin and Kitchens. And I don't think there's really a, like a system really in place. I think for the Browns in terms of how they run these plays, I think, and, they, and uh, Robert Mays from the ringer brought up a really good point in his article a couple weeks ago about what was wrong with the Browns. It doesn't seem like they are connected plays. It seems like they're more just a individual amount of plays that they're trying to do. There's no rhythm or really like thought process behind, okay, well, if we run this play and it gets this, okay, now we're going to run this play because this play will work off of that play. That's not something that the Browns really think about. They're just like, okay, we got to get yards. How do I get yards? All right, let's run this play. Three receivers. All right, cool. Tight ends. Now we don't need tight ends. Let's run three wide receivers. Well, and yeah, like, like last year, Freddie Kitchen's offense was basically based around running the ball and then running playoff play action off of that. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of the Browns down the field success came last year. And it seems like this year, the play action has just not really been an asset for them. And I think some of that is Baker's inaccuracy, but I just, they just haven't thrown the ball deep much at all this yeah, year. Despite the running game still being good. Yeah. The running game has been really good. That's the, I mean, Nick Chubb is not to blame. He might be last week's he fumbled a bunch of times, but that's another thing. So, you have this running back who's like one of the best young running backs Cleveland's ever seen. And he doesn't have a fumble in 15 games of his career. And then, or more than that, what is it? 16 plus five. So 21 games. And now in the past two games, all of a sudden he's just losing the ball left and right. It's just, you can't make this stuff up. And I think coming into the year, if I told you Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham will stay healthy. So will Nick Chubb. So will Baker Mayfield. So will the offensive line. So will Miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and your kicker will not have missed a field goal yet. No. Nope. And you're two and five. It's just it's totally unbelievable. Yeah. And I think that it that's why it's so hard to discuss this Browns team is because you can't sit here and say, oh, this is why they're not playing that well. It's just the talent is there, and it just hasn't been a cohesive product. And I think when that happens the first person you blame is the head coach. And I think that's reasonable because I think Freddie's been a bad job. Yeah. And to answer my own question, I don't know. I think Freddie Kitchens has been so bad through seven games. And again, I, I like wanting to fire a head coach after one year is usually not something that I would do if I believed in that coach before the first season. And it's not something I really want to encourage because I think continuity, like you said, a lot of the teams the Browns have lost to are teams that have had continuity for years. Mm-hmm. And I think continuity is really important in the NFL. And I think Freddie would tell you, you know, you, you give me a piss poor offensive line and then judge me based off that. It's not really fair playing good teams. But but that's just an excuse, Brian. Yeah, and so much of his decision making has just been it, there. It's just there's such a lack of logic behind behind the decisions he's making. It just I don't know what this team is going to have to do considering they play mostly bad teams down the stretch to convince me that Freddie actually deserves to be the head coach of this team next year. And I'm not, you know, one of those radio guys who just goes around, you know, Oh, fire the head coach and all that crap because some people make careers off of just demanding to fire people on the radio. That's what they do. Yeah. But you know, the Browns, I still expect the Browns to have a winning record the rest of the year. And maybe to a certain point, like I should just stop expecting that. But the schedule is soft from here on out. and Very soft. 
It's one of, if not the easiest schedules in the in the NFL the rest of the season. I mean, they're playing a winless and t- again, I, I team twice. Yeah. Three times, actually, yeah. if the Bengals stay winless. They play the Bengals twice and the Dolphins once. And those are the two worst teams in the NFL. It's a third year of remaining games. Yeah. And you, you face, what, one winning team the rest of the season? So, I mean, by that logic, with those at least those three two games. Two winning teams. You face the Bills and the Ravens. And both of those are home games. You have two games out of nine against winning teams. And those are both home games. And the Bills, honestly, while they are 5-2, and two, that's kind of a mirage 5-2 and because their offense hasn't really been that consistent. It's really been their defense carrying them in and these And they've beat games. up on bad teams. They have. So, and, you know, it's, but the so, same time, so the Niners, and then they beat up on the Browns, another bad team. Yeah. At least at the moment. So... If again, I think the Browns will do well the rest of the season. Again, mm-hmm. I, it's too late for the playoffs at this point. It's going to be a near miracle for them to make the playoffs. I mean, they'd have they could only they can probably lose bare minimum or maximum two games the rest of the if year. If the Browns lose two games the rest of the year, they will have a chance at the playoffs, and that would be seven wins and two losses. And I don't, I don't believe it. I don't believe the Browns are going to do that. I think the Browns will drop at least one game to a team they shouldn't, just based off what I've seen. Yeah. And my my point that I'm getting to here is. From what I've seen of this team against good competition, I feel like Freddie Kitchens is so far in over his head as an NFL head coach. I don't think that playing well against a bunch of bad teams down the stretch is going to convince me he should be the coach next year. And it shouldn't shock us considering the guy has like been above a, a position coach. He was a running back coach. He's been – somewhere above that for like half a season. That was last year. Yeah, this is his, this is one he's year. Just not prepared, he's just not prepared to be head coach. That is, I think John Dorsey's fault as much as anybody else's. And, you know, I don't know what, where you turn to next year. I don't think you're going to make Todd Monk in the head coach based off the offense. Cause he still is the offensive coordinator. Although I think letting Todd Monk and call the plays, I, you know, at Freddie's never going to do it because yeah, Freddie believes already- the reason he's here is because he's the play caller. But at a certain point, like, you know, it can't be worse is my point. Yeah, but then as the head coach, he's been making bad in-game decisions. So and then- that's the thing, too, is it's the head coaching decisions. And I still have no doubt that Freddie Kitchens can run an offense if he gets to run it his way. Mm-hmm. But as a head coach on a team, I just don't know if this team can do anything the rest of the season to really convince me that he's that guy. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I don't really know much past – what I've seen this year, if he's really going to be the person that's going to create um, a long-term future for this Browns team in terms of competing regularly for the playoffs, I really think it's something that the Browns are just going to have to really look into this season. They're going to really have to see how this team plays because, yeah, they might be playing – they're going to be playing softer teams, like you said. Honestly, they're really going to have to show some really strong – uh, play in these games, they're just going to have to run more smoothly. It can't be something as simple as, okay, well, they're just going to go ahead and do this. And now, okay, now we're going to run this play. They have to have some type of system in place or else this is not going to be successful for the Browns. And they're just going to end up where they were last year, potentially searching for another head coach because their one is over his head. And when it comes to making these small decisions, which I've said plenty of times are a main issue. So, and I, I don't. We don't need to have the whole head coaching decision right now. But like, do you turn to Mike McCarthy, no. who, by the way, would have been the head coach if no. he would have agreed to have Freddie as his offensive coordinator? That would have been a thing. No, someone else. I don't. We can't just take another coach that was a retread. I somewhere. really don't think Lincoln Riley's coming out of college. You know, I agree. So, so I, you know, these are how to fix the offensive line. Whether Freddie should be the head coach, these questions will 
you know, be answered at some point after the season. But I think this is where we're at with the Browns is they've been that bad this year. And again, like Odell Beckham Jr. has been one of the very, very true star upper echelon receivers his entire career. And he looks totally average with the Browns. I mean, he's he dropped the back shoulder fade this past week and his excuse was, well, the lights were there, so I couldn't see it. And it's you just, caught the ball one-handed, bro. Catch the ball. And again, Baker has missed a lot of throws to him too. But it's just, yeah. it's everyone to blame. And it's been a disaster. And I don't think it's anything short of that, especially given the expectations. And I think best case scenario, this team wins seven games the rest of the year. And they but, nine and seven, yeah. But like, I just don't know if I see that. And this week against the, you know, the Broncos on the road, the Broncos have a good defense. They have a good running game. But they don't have a great passing game. They don't have a lot of star talent. And I think it's an interesting matchup in the, in the sense that we've seen the Browns lose to teams that don't have a lot of high-end talent. Yeah. That are kind of well-coached and just play well as a, as a group. The Broncos are not necessarily that. They're 2-5. They're and five. But the Browns are 2-5 and five too. I expect the Browns to win this week. But nothing is going to surprise me at this point, really, if they lose, you know? I mean, at least they're down one of their pass rushers and Bradley Chubb being out for the year. So that's at least one tackle that doesn't going to have to worry about getting absolutely dominated the entire game. The Browns are getting another rookie starting his first game. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, they did win that game when they played against Luke Falk. So, I mean, they should be able to win this game. It's, a, it's kind a, of a similar... Brandon Alley. I, Brandon kind of a Allen. Similar I, shouldn't, I shouldn't say rookie. He's not a rookie, but he's a career backup. Kind of a similar team to the Jets, whereas yeah. they have a lot of... They have a few high-end talented players, but other than that, they really are very, very shallow in other positions. So it's just really difficult to... Uh, see to really gauge how this Broncos team is going to do. But I mean, I think I, I hope the Browns can win this game, but at the same time, they have not given me really any reason to really believe them other because they've really only played one good game this entire season. I think the Browns will win this week. I expect them to, if they lose, I will be surprised, but not shocked. You know, we'll see. Yeah. If, if the, again, if the, if Freddie Kitchens wants to save his job, this is the type of game that he has to win. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're at after less than half a season in his first season as an NFL head coach. Yeah. We will have another Browns podcast next week after the Broncos game. We will also have uh Cavs and or NBA podcast coming up soon. The Cavs have been like, it's like shockingly entertaining so far for, yeah. through four games. They played well last night against, uh, who was it? The Bulls. And then they ended up. Oh, that was just an absolute pleasure of a second yeah. half. We'll have more NBA content coming soon. We'll have the, Next Browns podcast next week. Check out for Red and Blue as always. Check mm-hmm. out TreeCityRecords.com and TreeCityRecords on Twitter. Of course, my Twitter at ABaker underscore sports. Graham's Twitter at G-T-M-O-H-A-N. Yeah. And, you know, it's – I was going to say it's put up or shut up time for the Browns, but it has been for quite a few weeks and they, they haven't put up yet. So We're not called Believeland for a reason, oh, yeah. so we just got to keep hoping and uh, don't give up Browns fans as as easy as it seems like it – as easy as it would be to give up. Or give up and then if they do well, you know, that's, that's, that's a nice Low little bonus. Low expectations, then yes. you won't be disappointed. Lower your expectations for the Browns and you cannot be disappointed. That's what I've been doing for 10 Our years. Our entire life as Browns fans. It's beautiful. All right, we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace. Peace.